Remember the announcements that we have. Make sure you get your bulletin, get all that stuff. Peanut butter egg sale that goes on with our young people. Uh, and that's for all our youth group members that are attending Arise. And we thank the Lord for the opportunity to go to Arise again this year. Praying the Lord will do a great work there. It's been a blessed, blessing to our young people in the past. Uh, and it takes a little bit of money to get there. So you can help them out by buying some delicious peanut butter eggs. They really are. They're really good. As a matter of fact, what the preacher was saying, everybody finds that they eat way too many of them. So get some of those. Uh, they'll be great. Uh, you can find any of the young people have their little papers, and they're selling them that are going to Arise. If you need one of those papers, young people, you need to talk to Becky. If you're going to Arise, you need to talk to Becky, okay, because she's got some information for it to make sure that uh, your way is paid for. All right. Youth Group and Discovery Club, Tuesday night, 6.30 to 8.30. We're thankful for that. Great turnout each and every week. Uh, young Adults Bible Study, Saturday, February the 17th at 7 o'clock. Don't forget that. The Owls Valentine's Day Luncheon will be February the 18th, following the morning service in the Fellowship Hall. If you plan to attend, you need to sign up at the information desk. There's no cost, but we, need, we do need to know if you plan to be there. And then men's devotion night and a wild game dinner will be on Saturday, March the 2nd. 
And so that's always a great time. Uh, look in the bulletin to get the details for that. But they're asking you to bring uh, your favorite wild game dish. Uh, bring, wear your best camouflage hunting gear. Bring your favorite hunting photo for a chance to win a prize. All right. Pastor Mark Leatherman will be bringing a devotion. Uh, and then Jeremy Hanna will have some deer hunting tips. There you go. And admission is free. Come out and enjoy the food. Remember that night. And then don't forget, we've been talking about this for a while. The 50th anniversary concert celebration for the Nottingham Four. That will be on March the 9th at 7 o'clock. The Mark Trammell Quartet will be singing also, so don't forget about that. Admission is free, but if you would like to go to the dinner, you need to see Delmer and get one of those tickets. All right, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. Tickets are free, yes. So we thank them for doing that. They are free, but you've got to ask for one. Amen? There you go. Amen. Brother Ronnie, would you ask a blessing on the offering? Come thou fount of every blessing to thy heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it out of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus saw me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God, he do rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. All right, choir, come on up. Oh, new grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wine to thee prone to wonder Lord I feel it prone to thee the God I love here's my heart oh take and seal it seal it for thy courts above amen you may be seated
Somebody asked if we'd practice all in all. Now that's a song we sang a couple times here. Um, but we got to singing it. And as we're singing that chorus, and we keep on saying, worthy is his name. Worthy is his name. And I just got to thinking about that, how he is worthy. So I just happened to look up what they say the definition of being worthy is. And the definition of being worthy, what they say here, is having or showing the qualities or abilities that merit recognition. I'd have to say that our God shows the ability and the qualities of someone that deserves our recognition. Then I scroll down here a little bit, and it got another definition. It says one commendable of excellence or merit 
deserving of one's time, attention, interest, work, trouble, etc., worthy of praise, a person worthy to lead, our God is worthy of our praise, of our attention, of our time, of our trouble. Man, I think about where I'd be without him, and I'd, man, I'd be a mess. I can just tell you that right now. And if you were honest with yourself, you'd be in a bad way too. You'd be in a bad way. You'd be lost with no hope, bound for hell. You'd be going through trials in life. We were talking about a little bit last night about how he is our escape. He is the escape. He's our only hope, Jesus. And he is worthy of our recognition. And as we're singing this song, I just kept on thinking about that. He is worthy. He is worthy. Why don't we show him that? Why don't I show him that more? Be real with yourself. Do you show him that? That he is worthy of your time, of your recognition? What has he done for you in your life. If he has done more than you ever deserve, why don't we show him to be worthy in all that we do? He's our all in all.
mess of this old world. Sometimes I need a word from heaven that everything's okay. I try to walk by faith, but sometimes I'm so afraid and I cannot see how God can make a way. But then I think he's never failed me, never left me. God's forsaken you. But child, don't lose your faith. He is working while you wait. So just hold on and he will bring you through. He's never failed me. Never left me. Not one time have I cried out and my voice he has not heard. my shepherd I shall not want in green pastures he makes me lie down 
All right, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday night? Amen. Hey, by the way, don't you just love those banners up there? Aren't they pretty? Yeah, so I made those myself. Yeah. Had, took several nights I had to sit up all night. The hardest part was putting that fringe on one piece at a time. I thought I'd never get that done, but anyway, I knew you'd appreciate it, and so I knew that the sacrifice would be worth it. So I'm glad you like them. So. Yeah. I'm working on some others now. I'll have them ready by this summer. So, <laughs> yeah, Nothing like an honest preacher. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me tonight. And you know what? I need to find out where we're going. Uh, I think it's the book of Mark. I'm going to read more than one passage of Scripture, though, and, but I'm not going to start with reading them all, so. There we go. I got notes. Mark chapter number 15 and verse number 40 is where we're going to be. Mark 15 and verse number 40. What a great day we've had. Hadn't it been a great day? I tell you, the Lord's blessed and what a tremendous message this morning. I'm telling you, I, uh, uh, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I, I never cease to be amazed uh, with Michael's ability to draw out the scripture it's just it, it's wonderful I appreciate it and uh, he uh, and not only does he know how to study the scripture but I know a lot of preachers who know how to study the scripture uh, but you know what they forget one of the primary rules of, uh, of preaching and that is no preacher has the right to be boring right so, no preacher has that right, and uh, uh, yet I know a lot of them that study well, uh, but uh, boy, they can put you to sleep in a heartbeat, and uh, so, uh, but Michael always does a great job, not only preparing, but preaching the message, and I appreciate that so very, very much, uh, and I appreciate the fact that he's in Matthew, and that we're going to go through that book. I, th I thought it was wonderful when he finished up, when he finished up in... Um, I'm not laughing at Michael. I, uh, my wife said something to me this morning, and um, I just now realized what she was talking about. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Michael finished up the Minor Prophets, and then he just went straight on in to the first book of the New Testament, and I really like that. I'm in, I know I'm going to enjoy uh, hearing some preaching from that. We are looking at the Marys of the New Testament, uh, and uh, we have looked at two Marys already, of course, in the month of December, which was the plan, uh, and the first couple of sermons of this year, I guess, uh, we have been looking at uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. We looked at her. Then the last couple of sermons, we were looking at uh, uh, Mary of Bethany, or you can, she's also often... Uh, uh, identified as uh, Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. It's the same Mary. Now, I told you before that there's a lot of Marys in the Bible in the New Testament age. I looked this up to make sure it was right. One, now listen to this, one out of every four women, uh, Jewish women in Palestine at the time of Christ were named Mary. One out of four. Now, I, I know some popular names, but I don't think I've ever known a name that one out of four people were, uh, four women or four men, were named that. And so one out of every four women 
uh, in, uh, during New Testament times was named Mary. So that's why it can be so confusing. So the name Mary uh, is, is mentioned in 49 verse, no, 50, sorry, I get it right, is known in 59 verses, there's 59 verses that Mary's name is mentioned in the New Testament. Out of that, 10 of those references have one or more Marys mentioned in the one verse. So you got several verses that's got two or three Marys mentioned in one verse. And uh, so there are Marys all over, all over the place. Uh, and so we are going to look this evening at perhaps one of the most obscure Marys uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and so if you found uh, the uh, Gospel of Mark chapter number 15, if you'll stand with us, we're going to read verse number 40 uh, of that uh, passage of Scripture. I'm going to back up to verse 38 because I kind of want to put us in the picture. As soon as I start reading verse 38, you'll know exactly what's going on. If you don't already, if you're not already familiar uh, with what's going on in Mark chapter uh, number 15. And let me just say this before we read real quick. It's a good idea to know where you're at in the Bible. Amen? No, I, I'm serious. Uh, it, it, it's a good idea. It would do you well to have quite a number. You don't have to have every word of every verse memorized or anything like that. But at least know what's going on. So if I were to say to you what's going on in the Gospel of John chapter number 11, could you tell me what's going on? I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But if you don't know, John chapter number 11 is the raising of Lazarus. And so you ought to know things like that. You, you, ought, to, you ought to be aware of some of these things. And so many of you who are Bible students will already know what's going on in Mark chapter number 15. But some of you would not, and it would be understandable because, uh, because of the number of verses in Matthew and Luke and then even John, but certainly Matthew and Luke, as compared to the one other synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, and uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So Mark, compared to Matthew and Luke, totally, totally different number of chapters, uh, a range of chapters. So having said all that, and some of you are going, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, uh, anyway, you'll figure it out later. All right, verse number thirty-nine. And it says this, And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. I told you you'd know where we were. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost and said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the Less and of Joseph. And Salome. So we're going to stop right there. That's all we're going to read. Then we're going to ask the Lord to bless us as we look into the Word of God. So who are we talking about? We're talking about Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the Word of God. We pray that you'd speak to us through the pages of truth and that you might encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to tell you that we can determine who this Mary is not, uh, as well as determining who she is. So, 
I'm, I have counted seven distinct Marys in the New Testament that we read about, seven distinct Marys that we see and we know who they are uh, in the Bible uh, and, and, and what's going on with them a little bit. Now, some more than others, uh, but, uh, but there are seven that we can count and, and we can pretty much identify who they are. So there's also been some confusion. And I said this, I believe it was last Sunday night, so I'm going to say it again tonight just to remind you. I believe that the Bible, and I didn't put it in this terminology last week, but I'm going to use it today. I believe that the Bible, the Word of God, is inerrant. Okay, so I'm going to explain, to, for those of you who are not really sure exactly what that means, I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain it to you. So, uh, how many of you know what the word higgy means? You know, I didn't say what you think I said. I said higgy. <laughs> so, have you ever felt kind of higgy? Okay. So, the word higgy means comfortable. It means at ease. The idea is that if you were in your home and you were sitting on the couch in front of the fire or watching television and you had your wife or your husband there with you and you were all snuggled up, that's what that word's supposed to mean. That's the feeling, the comfort, the companionship. That's what that means. Okay, so a lot of times you hear words and you don't have a clue what they really mean, you know? And so a lot of people say, oh, I believe the word of God's inerrant, but they're not really sure exactly what it means. They believe it's inerrant because their preacher believes it's inerrant. And their preacher never took the time to explain what it meant, so they just believe it's inerrant. Okay, so the word inerrant means what you think it means might mean if you if you if you think about it a little bit got to put a little thought process in there okay got to think this thing through right eric eric amen amen all right you're not going to get away without an amen on that one okay yeah you got to think this thing through so the word inerrant means totally and completely without error or mistake that's what I believe about the Bible it is totally and completely without error or mistake amen I believe that now if I believe that then I can identify this Mary amen just like I said last week but if I don't believe this then I might have a lot of trouble figuring out who Mary really is because I might make some mistakes and one of the mistakes that I might make is, so we have, Jane, uh, we have Mary, the mother of James the Less and Joseph. So I could look there and say, hey, this could be, you know, I mean, after all, we've got Mary here, and she has a son whose name is Je uh, uh, James. She has another son whose name is Joseph. Now, can you, can you remember back, all the way back to last Sunday night? And you remember that we were talking about the fact, uh, or no, it was further back than that, it was back when I was preaching on Mary, uh, uh, Mary the mother of Jesus. And we talked about the fact that she had a James and a Joseph, and Joseph is another way of spelling the name for Joseph. And we talked about the fact that Joseph might very well have been named after his father, Joseph. You remember all that? Okay, so a lot of scholars say, oh, well, we think that this Mary here 
could be Mary the mother of Jesus and that this James is the, is the brother of Jesus or the half-brother of Jesus who's going to pastor the Jerusalem church. But there's a problem with that. Okay? Uh, you, you need to take a look at something else. Uh, look at Matthew chapter number 10. Turn to Matthew chapter number 10. And when he, and we're going to look at verse, first three verses. Matthew chapter number 10, first three verses. And when he, Jesus, had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner uh, of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother. James, the son uh, of... Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus. <laughs> okay, so James is the son of Alphaeus. He is, not the, he is not the son of Joseph, right? Can't be the son of both of these guys, right? So, and this James is the James that we're talking about when we're talking about uh, the uh, uh, James and Joseph uh, who Mary has. Uh, and now, I want to say something else, and I, I'll clarify something a little bit later if, you, if there's still something kind of sloshing around in your mind. We'll clarify it in a minute. But before I do that, I want to go back to Matthew 15, 40, and I want you to notice something. Mary, the mother of James, the less... And that's how we know for sure, because James the Less is referred to that way on several occasions. And it is James the Less who is the son of Alphaeus, and that's how we know for sure that it's not the James who was the half-brother of Jesus. Now, but I gotta, I gotta think, think about this. Okay, as a matter of fact, when I was reading this and. Uh, um, and kind of preparing. Have you ever read something probably a, maybe a dozen times or two dozen times and you never really gave it a whole lot of thought? You never put any, you, you, know, you know, you never really thought it through? Well, that, that was me with James the Less. I mean, I knew that he was called James the Less, but I never really thought about trying to pull that out and figure out what it meant. You know, what is he talking about? Actually, if I had a title to the message tonight, it would be Mary, mother of James the Younger. Because that's what this word less means. He was of less years. Less years than his brother, uh, and less years than many of the other apostles. He was James the Less. You might even say that because he was of less years, perhaps he was of not as much significance. Now, I did, I, I'm not saying that he didn't have significance. I believe that he does. But let's face it. I think there is seven or eight times in the New Testament that James is mentioned, this particular James. And three of the times that he's mentioned... It's identifying who his mother is. <laughs> Mary, the mother of James. So uh, out, of, out of the seven times that his name appears, only four times is it actually talking about James. So 
Yet, we've got James, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's mentioned over and over and over and over again. And then we have Peter, James, and John. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, and, I mean, we, we hear about James and John all the time. Every time you turn around, James and John did this, and James and John did that, and here's James and John, and here's James and John. The only one probably mentioned more often than James and John would be Peter, and that's only because John refuses to use his own name in his book. And so he never calls himself by name in the Gospel of John. Otherwise, we'd have Peter, James, and John everywhere. And here we got James, the son of Alphaeus, and he's just barely mentioned. But, but I want you to notice something about it. Okay, let's go back. To, uh, I told you we're going to go back and forth a little bit. I hate to do that. but yeah. So uh, you don't have to turn back there, but I'm going to go back to the book of Matthew chapter 10 for just a minute. And I want you to notice something. It says in verse 1, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power. Now notice this. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First... Simon, who is called Peter. And then all the way down here in verse number 3, it says, Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus. So, who is James the son of Alphaeus? He's an apostle. Now, if you ever heard me say this, I think you probably will remember it. I've said that all of the apostles are disciples. But not all the disciples are apostles. There, there are hundreds and hundreds of disciples that the Lord Jesus had when he was here on earth. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about 500 of his disciples being in one place at one time and seeing him after his resurrection. So there's lots and lots and lots of disciples, but there's only 12 apostles. So if there are hundreds, yea, perhaps thousands of disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry, and he only has 12 apostles then those 12 apostles must be pretty important. Amen? They must be pretty important. E even though we don't read about James a lot, even though we don't know a lot about what happened to him, uh, uh, it, it, and e even though we don't have a full accounting of his ministry. Now, if you want to study the ministry of Peter, you can do that, and you'll have lots of material. If you want to uh, study the, uh, uh, the ministry of John, You've got lots of material. If you want to study the, uh, the ministry of James, uh, the half-brother of Jesus, then you've got lots of material to study him. If you want to study the ministry of Paul, you've got 13 books you can look at and study the ministry of Paul. But if you want to study the ministry of James the Less, you've got a lot less to work with. There's just not much said. Seven verses. Three of them directly related to identifying his mother. So James seems to be, even though he's an apostle, he seems to be, for some reason, we don't know what, not mentioned very often. Okay, now I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Now we're going to talk about Mary for just a couple of minutes. and It's, uh, it's a Sunday night in February. And uh, I'm not going to keep you long. Just a few more, not more than another hour of uh, some promise. Okay. So let's just take a look and see what we got here. <laughs> so, so here we have Mary, and she is the mother 
of James the Less. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to notice about her. First of all, I want you to notice that there's not very many people who wait by the cross, but she's one of them. She's one of them. There's not very most all, all the men have fled. All the men have fled. They're all gone. The, the, the only one left, the only one left is John. And he is there to support Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's why he's there. And that's why Jesus looks at John and says, Behold thy mother, mother behold thy son. And uh, they, the Lord Jesus gave them to each other that day. Think about that. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Here we have John, the apostle, the theologian, by the way. He's going to spend years on the Isle of Patmos as an exile. He's going to preach the gospel until he's well into his 90s. What a man of God. And what does he hear from Jesus? John, take care of my mama. Be sure my mother is looked after. I, I, I got to go back to glory. I got to go back to heaven. Now you think, think about that for a moment. Because sometimes, sometimes we get so caught up with, the, with all the glory of the Lord Jesus and all of his deity, which we never, ever, ever should forget, but we get so caught up in that, we forget how human he could be. The Bible said he got hungry. The Bible said he got tired. The Bible said he was tempted in all points. And here we have a man nailed to a tree and he knows that in just a few minutes, just a few minutes, he's going to be walking down the streets of gold and all the angels of glory are going to be greeting him. And what does he do in his last few minutes before he ascends back to heaven? <laughs> what does he do? He says... Mr. Thief, Mr. Robber, Mr. Sinner, we'll be together today on the other side. So one thing he did, is he, the, one of the last things he did was he saved a lost sinner from his sin. And what was the other thing he did? He said, John, take care of my mama. Take care of my mother and make sure she's cared for all the rest of her days. What a beautiful picture. Man, it's overwhelming to me to think of Jesus on the cross doing that. And to think of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, being the, re think about it, being the recipient of so much divine love as to have the Son of of the living God, the creator of heavens and earth, in his dying breath, say, Mom, I want you cared for. I want somebody to look after you. I don't want you to be alone. Now, just a few at the cross. We don't have any precious words of Mary, the mother of James, the less, recorded for us. We don't have any of her words recorded. In all of the Bible, we don't have any words 
that she spoke. Record it. But I tell you what we do know about her. We don't know what she said, but we know what she did. And one of the things she did is she was at the cross all the way up until the time that Jesus died. As long as he was drawing breath, the women were there watching after the Lord. And then once he's gone, do you know what else she did? The Bible says that she's with the women the day they come to the tomb. You know what day that is, don't you? That would be Sunday. That would be after he's already been in the grave. And after all the world has given up on Jesus. And here's a handful of women with their spices. And here they go making their way. Making their way to the empty tomb. Making their way to the cross. Uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the Savior who's lying in that tomb. Now they don't know it's empty until they get there, but they're making their way to that empty tomb. That's what she's doing. That's what she's doing. And what about her boy? James the Less. What about him? Well, he's one of the apostles. We don't have a whole lot about him either. We don't know a whole lot of what he did or what he said or where he went or where he served or where he ministered. We just know that he was one of the twelve. That's what we know about him. And that's going to bring me to the primary point I want to make in this message. The question is not, okay? Let's just... The question is not, why don't we have more about Mary and why don't we have more about James? That's not, the, that's not the important thing here. Not at all. Listen, we got plenty of Bible to read. Amen? Hey, you can spend a lifetime studying Peter. Amen? You, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Peter is, when Peter is right, he is so right. And when Peter is wrong, he's horrific. I mean, he, he reminds me of Delmer. I, I mean, <laughs> I was just teasing Delmer. <laughs> he reminds me of me. That's who he really reminds me of. I mean, when I'm right, I can almost be right. <laughs> but when I'm wrong, I'm terrible wrong. <laughs> and then what about, what about John? I mean, we got all this Bible about John, the apostle, who does so many marvelous things, who gives us these great, glorious revelations. We have John, the apostle, who knew the book of Daniel by heart. You say, do you believe that? I do. I believe that John, the apostle, knew every single word of the book of Daniel by heart. I do. You say, why do you believe that? Because he quotes, he quotes about 25% of the book somewhere in the book of the Revelation. I mean, he knows all about, he knows everything there is to know about that book. It's just amazing. He's this great theologian. He's this powerful man of great understanding. And then, of course, we got the Old Testament characters too. And didn't Michael bring the truth of David this morning? David made his mistakes. He's a lot like Peter. He's a lot like Peter. He made his mistakes. The only difference, the big difference between Peter and David is Peter and David both could get into trouble, but David had the heart of a poet. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he could, he could string the words together. 
oh my goodness, read Psalms and you're just overwhelmed. So the question is not, why don't we know more about James and why don't we know more about Mary? We got all kind of Bible characters to read after and I do, they're people. They're not, they're not characters like people in a novel. No, no. They're real people who had real history, who had real friends, who had real loved ones, who walked this earth just exactly like we're doing today, only they did it a long time ago. And they loved, many, 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 many of them loved Jesus with, with a deep and abiding love. No, that's not the question. The question is, why are they mentioned at all? Right? I mean, if you really want to know what the, what we, what the question of, of these verses of Scripture is all about concerning Mary, the, the mother uh, of James the Less, and James, the son of Alphaeus, if you really want to know what the question is concerning their biblical status, it's why did the, why did the Lord bother? I mean, he just gave us a little bitty bit. So why did he bother putting them in there in the first place. Well, I got a couple of reasons why he put them in there. First reason he put them in there, <laughs> the first reason he put them in there is because he loved them. He loved them. The Lord loved them. And let me tell you something. My name's not written in, in, uh, in the pages of the 66 books of the canon. You will not find Gary in there. He's not, he's, my name's not in there. But I will tell you this, that doesn't mean my name is not in the Lord's book. <laughs> my name is in the Lord's book. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. And it's written there. And why is my name there? Because he loved me. He loved me. And I walked down the aisle of an old-fashioned Baptist church one Sunday morning in 1968, and I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Savior, though I deserved none of it. And by the way, I, I wasn't smart enough to figure it all out. If it hadn't been for the power of the Holy Ghost that morning, I'd have never walked down that aisle. Amen? I'd have never, if it hadn't been for the Lord drawing me and wooing me, I, I, I'd have just went right on. But the Holy Spirit, just he just wouldn't leave me alone. And I finally just said, you know what, Lord? If you're going to bother me like this, let's just go ahead and get it over. No, no, not at all. I said, Lord, I do not want to die and go to hell. I do not want to be separated from you. And I walked down that aisle and I trusted the Lord Jesus. And I, I, I know that this is a little bit of euphemism and it's a little bit of symbolism and it's a, a little bit of... You know, a little bit of uh, 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 poetry, you might say. But somehow I just believe that however you want to look at it, somehow I just believe that when I stood up that Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to an angel. And the angel reached and got the pen and in the Lord's book wrote down my name. So Gary's not in here, but he's in the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because he loved me. And that's why there are names that are in here. Just because he loved them. That's enough. Just because he loved James. Just because he loved Mary. He put their names in there. He didn't need another Mary. <laughs> you know? He didn't need another Mary. Who, well, one, at one point, we had a whole bunch of people with the same first name. 
And I remember saying, if, you, if you're joining Nottingham, you can't have that first name. You'll have to change it because we got enough of them. I can't remember what the first name was. It wasn't Delmer. It was not Delmer. We got one Delmer, and that's enough, amen? We got, and I mean that in a good way. Think about it. Think about it. What, a, what an awesome thought. Wrote their name down in this book. He didn't need another Mary. He didn't need another James. He put them in there just because he loved them. I tell you, there's another reason why they're in here. They're in here to remind us of something that we might forget otherwise. And that is this. There's a whole lot of folks that did a whole lot of work for the great and glorious God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And we don't know what it was. But they did it even though they didn't get the recognition. You ever feel like, nobody ever paid any attention to me. I mean, I go, I, I'm in church all the time. I don't ever miss. But nobody ever calls on me to pray. They never did ask me to sing in the choir. Well, listen, if you're thinking in the back of your mind, they never did ask me to sing in the choir, there might be a real re good reason for that. You just never know. <laughs> I think it's a good idea to sing in the choir. I think it's a good idea to sing. If you're singing the choir. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. A whole lot of people do a lot of marvelous things for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's just not enough room in this book to talk about it all. But he wanted to remind you of that. I, I really believe Mary. And I really believe James the Less. I believe they did some marvelous things for the Lord. As a matter of fact, I, I believe that Mary was a supporter financially of the ministry, her and Alphaeus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks about these women who had helped the Lord. They had ministered to the Lord. That word minister there has the idea of financially supporting and underpinning that work in that ministry. There's no telling how many villages that Jesus went to because of Mary and Alphaeus. There's no telling what... There's no telling where James the less went after the Lord ascended to heaven. No, no telling how many people he preached to. No, no telling how many churches he established. You think, well, the only churches we got is the ones that Paul uh, established. That's ridiculous. There's no way in this world that Christianity could be where it was 300 years after he ascended to heaven if it had just been the churches that Paul established or that Peter took care of or that, uh, 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 or that Timothy was pastor of. Of course not. There were hundreds and hundreds of churches all over the place. Could I tell you that there's hundreds and hundreds of missionaries who are establishing churches all across this world and I don't know their name and neither do you Nobody's talking about them. There'll never be a book written about their ministry. They're never going to be recognized in some great hall one evening with thousands present so they can stand and applaud at their great work. No, they just toil on away, winning one today and winning one next month and three or four, the one after that, pastoring their churches as missionaries and teaching the young men to follow after them in the ministry. They might be a James the less. And you might look at them and you might think, well, they're not very important. 
They, they don't preach in the big meetings. They're not, they're not in the BIMI book, the magazine. They, they, we never saw a spread on their ministry in there. <laughs> they never make the Eagle magazine. Doesn't matter. The Lord knows who they are. The Lord knows what they're doing. And that brings me to the last point. You're important to the Lord if you're serving Him. Your name might not be in the Bible. Your, main, your, your name might not be up in lights. You might not speak or be a part of some great ministry. You know what? It don't matter. That's not what the Lord's looking for. The Bible says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. There you go. I knew Harry was going to come out with that. No, no, no. Not intelligent, not powerful, not prestigious. Uh uh. Faithful. That's what the Lord's looking for. Because let me tell you something it's His work anyway, it's not yours. You're not going to make no big difference in the world. You say, Paul made such a difference. Yes, he did by the grace of God. <laughs> what did Paul say? By the grace of God, I am what I am. Whatever Paul was, it was by the grace of God. Whatever he did, it was by the grace of God. I'm going to end with this illustration. So um, years ago, I think it was after our, I think it was after our third medical missions trip that I served with, uh, with Brother Dave Rooney, our, our, our doctor, <laughs> uh, our overseeing doctor, I guess put it that way, uh, the doctor that oversees all of our work. And he wasn't overseeing all of our work at that point. He was just another one of the doctors on the trip, and we were coming back, and he gave a testimony the last night we were there. I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know, I thought I was going to come down here and I was just going to, I was just going to show everybody how wonderful I am. I was the man. I don't, some of you in here might remember that night. Some of you might have been with us. David said, I, I really thought, I'm the man. I'm the doctor. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to see these people. And, but what happened was when we got there, they shut down the clinic the first day completely. The people there in the government, they have the power to do that, so they do. They don't do it to help anybody. I promise you that. They do it because they can. They came out there and they shut down our clinic. They wouldn't. took us about another half a day, that, all of that day, and about another half day the next day before we could start back up with clinic when we got it all squared away with them. And he said when they shut clinic down, he said he had this horrible feeling. What if, I, what if they don't let me, what if they don't let me be a doctor down here? What if I'm not able to do this? What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm a doctor. I came down here to doctor people. That was the whole point. He said, and now what am I going to do? I'm going to spend... I'm going to spend the afternoon in vacation Bible school. We'll go to the, I'm going to go to the evangelistic meeting tonight. And then in the morning, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to load up with them, and we're going to go to the orphanage. <laughs> he said, and then I realized something. 
I'm not the man. Dave, tears ran down his face. You don't hardly ever see Dave run me cry. Hardly. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it happen. Even in great services where God's powerfully moving, he, he may be moved, but he's not weeping. But he was weeping that night. Last night. Oh, we had great clinic and all that. But he said, right then I realized, I'm not the man. I'm nothing. His words. I'm nothing without the Lord. Without the Lord, I'm nothing. <laughs> Why is Mary in here? Because she's not nothing. She knew the Lord. And you know what Dave said? Dave said the most enjoyable time he had on the trip was when he was not doctoring. He said he fell in love with those kids. He said he could have spent all the rest of the time playing with those kids during Bible school and he'd have been just as satisfied because he realized it's none of me and all of him. And let me tell you something. Dave's a good man of God. He really is. And he already knew that up here. You already know that up here, don't you? But that day, he learned it down here. See, what you have down here is a whole lot better than what you got up here. I got lots of stuff up here. I study all the time. <laughs> the last probably 10 years of the ministry here, I have not wanted for study time. I can spend hours during the week studying. The church has been so good to me. I can take my Bible and I can go in my study and I can spend three, four, five hours at a time and do and study and read and look stuff up and prepare these long sermons I preach on Sunday night. But what I got up here don't mean much if it never gets down here. Yeah, Dave already knew it up here. But when he learned it down here, yeah. Was Mary in there? Mary, the mother of James the less. How would you like to be identified? How would you like to be identified as Helen, mother of Michael the less? That's not very, uh, that's, not, that's not very complimentary. That, that's not very impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. They knew who they were. They knew who God was. They knew, they knew Jesus and they knew him intimately. And they made a difference for the cause of Christ. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. Lord, if there's somebody here tonight that needs to respond, maybe there's somebody here tonight that's lost. They, they, they really don't know where they're going to go when they die. They hope they might go to a good place, but they're not sure. Lord, I pray they would not leave this place until they had that, to, that settled. Until they knew that they knew that they knew that Jesus was their Savior, that heaven is their home. But then there's a lot of Christians here tonight and we're carrying around so much head knowledge that sometimes we just don't have enough heart knowledge. Sometimes we forget just how much Jesus loves us. Sometimes we forget just how much difference we can make in the kingdom of God. We get so wrapped up in our world and, when our, and with our activities. And some of it's very good. 
Some of it is even related to the church. But we get so wrapped up with that. That our relationship with the Savior suffers. And Lord, I pray that tonight, any relationship that's suffering even the slightest bit between God's people and Himself, Lord, I pray that it would be made right tonight. Lord, I pray that those who recognize and realize, Lord, that they wouldn't hesitate and walk this aisle freely, kneel before God Almighty and say, Lord, I just want to draw a little closer. Lord, I just want to have your love a little more real. Lord, I just, I, I want my words to be more about you and less about me. Lord, draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall How we say? deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin.
answer. But this I know with all my heart, His wounds have paid my ransom. Dude. 